noticed that now. So now I'm becoming more more of my own coach and stuff like that. You know, I used to just be like Christian philosophy, Christian philosophy, Christian philosophy yeah. when I first started. But now I've learned off different coaches and stuff like that, and just everything like that. Chuck these on. Now it's like you know I see myself as my own person. Well, you've become your own person, right? Exactly. I've become my own person. And I still got, a, obviously, I, when I say this, I still got a long way to go. But it's like, I kind of understand my character and I understand my values, where I'm going to put myself and what I'm going to allow to happen. For sure. But you, I think when we start out at, at a new craft or a new task or a new profession, a new skill, whatever it is, you start off being heavily influenced by, and I talked about this, I referenced you on, um, who was I talking to you? About uh, Jay Edmonds. I talked to Jay Edmonds and I'll put that podcast out soon. Um, and we referenced you and it's like, when you start out in anything, like you're an amalgamation of all your influences, right? You're, you're a mix. And yeah. I'm not me, you're not you. We are a product of our environment, our genetics and our influences. So I'm not Alexander or Emmanuel. I'm like... I am everybody who has taught me mm-hmm. and I cannot yeah. be me without them. Yeah. I think that is so true that like it's the environment, the social environment you're placed in. And I love the quote is you can only grow to the environment you're placed in. Do you know what I mean? So if you're placed with all these negative people, unfortunately, sometimes, sometimes if you get out of it, yes, you can become this positive person, but maybe sometimes you get stuck in that conflict, those issues mm. and you don't grow. And you're right. Those who you, you get mentored by, look over, spend more time with. This is kind of how you grow as a character. But the thing is, the more we start to respect and self-love ourselves, the more you actually realize sometimes you know it's not good. And like some things you disagree with and sometimes you, you don't stand up for. You don't always do what the mentor would do mm-hmm. because you believe something different. And that's okay. That is okay. But, uh, and I think that's what the challenging thing about this is a tough workplace environment, right? This is, um, it's a place that will make you tougher. It'll, it, it's not a soft place, right? Especially earlier on, like you really have to earn your place, okay? Not, yeah. much is, not much is given, but only things are really given when trust is earned and, and you have paid your dues in yeah. a lot of ways. And I think that's what makes this place also unappealing to a lot of people. Right, because they don't want to do that, and that they're not. It's tough to work for and work with an individual like such a polarizing Christian Woodford, aka the Kanye West of the fitness industry. That's a tough person to work with. That's not for everybody. No, it's not for everybody. Definitely not. And like like you said, like you said before, it's it's something that you got to work for. You got to get the respect from, and not a lot of people will like you know like the way you have to do things. It's. It's very, it's difficult. It's very, it's not the same as a lot of other opportunities, workplaces, different positions. You know, you're going to have to work real hard, do things, and you're going to have to stand up and show yourself in times that you're not even ready. You've got to yeah. improvise, adapt. Yeah. I always say this. It's like, I love organization. Don't get me wrong. Like, organiza- organization is critical. But if you can't adapt and improvise in situations that you're not ready for... Mm then this is a, it's going to be a tough gig. It's, going to be, it's a big weakness. It is a big weakness. And, and I think we're seeing that right now, all around the world. Everybody has been thrust into a situation they cannot control. I'm sorry, but you cannot control the rules and regulations our government put into place. Some are more strict than others, depends on your country, state and region. Okay, great. We're all in this. For the first time in history, we all have, I think it's the first time in history, 
Yeah, we, every single human has a common enemy and it's invisible. Actually, not the first time because we've had pandemics before. First time in, in like quite a bit of time Yeah, for us modern 21st century humans. We all have a common enemy. His name is SARS-CoV-2, okay? He is a, a severe acute respiratory disease and if you're not careful and if you're not healthy, then he might get you. He's opportunistic. He's opportunistic, right? He discriminates on the healthy, obese, and diseased. But you might get unlucky too. Anyway, the point, I think, of what you're trying to say is everybody's been forced to adapt. Gyms are closed. Yeah. Well, most gyms. Um, to some extent. Yes, to some extent. <laughs> but anyway, most people in this field have had to adapt, right? What are you going to do? Oh, shit. I can't do, I can't do groups anymore. I got to do my one-on-ones. I got to do them outdoors. What type of what type of gym setup do I have at home? Do I have enough of a setup to train myself? Do I have the skill set to do workouts by myself at home if needed? Yep. Body weight only, prison workouts. People say I don't have equipment. You don't need equipment. You can train. You can move your body. If you can, if you have a, a size, the space of a prison cell, you can get a workout in. You know why? Because prisons do it. I'm using a very exaggerated example, but it's real. Yeah, 100%. And so we all have to adapt in our own way, whether it's food shortage supplies, whether it's loss of employment, whether it's you know somebody who's died or got sick. If you don't adapt, you will die or slow down. Can I actually say something? You can say everything. All right. <laughs> this is a bit, what you just said got me so fired Keep up. All right. What I'm saying is that people always complain. I don't have weights. I don't have this. I don't have that. Well, you know what? What, Chris? So, if you talk about general population or just anyone in general, right? It is not just this two hours or three hours of strength training in the gym that matters to your health and your alignment. It's about how you move every day. How are you moving? How's your posture? You know? You know what? I've, I've talked to chiropractors. Pointing at me now. So Shit. I've talked to chiropractors. I've talked to this, you know? Do you accidentally lean on that same leg at one time every yeah. day? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that, it's that posture. It's that everyday yeah. movement pattern right that now. dictates. Exactly. Yeah. How are we standing up? Am I sluggish? You know? And that's yeah. what we need to think of. That's a great time to think of it. Because then if we start to get this subconscious feeling of moving in a good position, that's going to help with everything. Yeah. It's a great point. Because when, say you have a trainer, or you're a coach, or you have a dietitian, or you have a physiotherapist. Everyone goes through that at some point. All right, you're gonna see them, they're gonna see you maybe a couple of hours a week at most. You have 168 hours in a week, so there's 160 else, 160 something hours. Yeah. We have to learn how to maximize that as clients and as coaches. Excuse me. Because, and I think that is almost more important what we teach them in that time and the systems we set up outside of that so it, it's no longer like i think to be an effective coach it's no longer just the one-on-one see you later no, that's you miss yeah, it so not. much exactly all right now i've got to do and this is everyone's going to have their own system i've got to have my weekly check-in i've got to be able i'm sending voice messages to check in with you and to just communicate with you when you have questions um I am trying to build a, a, a movement routine so you can have five to 15 minutes every morning, breathing routine, trying to add these layers to the day so you can improve your lifestyle and well-being. Yeah, 100%. And you know what's so important? It's like you just said, all right, you say you get one hour session a week, check in on them. With the rest of the week, 
if they're not doing any sort of like activation, moving their body, you know, you can you can always prescribe that. Okay, in the morning after you do your breathing routine, get a bit of core activation, back activation. Because I tell you what, if you do that, you're gonna live your day a lot more better, yeah. way more energetic. Because oh, yeah. because it's been proven when you put your posture in a good position, you activate the right areas. You the feeling is just so much better. You just can the energetic feeling. Yeah, it's huge. Yeah, you stimulate uh, blood flow. Exactly. Um, you moving the spine, if I recall correctly, stimulates cerebral spinal fluid, um, which is linked and associated with feelings of mood and well-being enhancement. You can fact check me on that, but because there are actually scientific evidence um, backed ways that oh, moving the spine has such great consequences to overall well-being and mood i'm like oh that's so interesting why is that cerebral spinal fluid or what happens when we move that so in the morning are you moving your spine are you moving your body in multiple planes and one thing that i've i love it because i've looked at dr mcgill and i just love i've I've listened to his podcast i've just looked and i this i had a moment around two two years ago right Mm. and i just you know I, i didn't understand much about core pressure like the the strength of the core, the proximal area, and how important the spine is, like you just said. And then I started to look into his stuff, and I looked at it from both a strength perspective, like how to actually help your athletes, the criticality of it, and different ways of training the core and its purpose. And then I also looked at it from just a health standpoint, like you just said, improving your posture. It's got flow on a po- positive flow on effects. Absolutely, and we can all we all have power to. Well, we're all, we're all in that. I think the example you gave was like, well, if you want to feel better and if you want to mitigate asymmetries and weaknesses in your body, then, all right, we've got a question. I think what I try and heighten attention is how do we build body self-awareness? So there's Gary Vee talks about psychological self-awareness and yeah. people like him. Um, what about body self-awareness? What about understanding, all right, people go, I'm sore, I'm in pain. And one of the best questions I think Kelly Starrett prompted in me was like, all right, is it discomfort? Is it soreness? Or is it pain? Yeah, what type of... Like, what is are it, you feeling? Yeah. Is, is, what's, what's the scale? Usually people say, like, high numbers. Nines, eights, tens. Motherfucker. They're settle usually, down. Settle down. <laughs> right. We, most people don't know what a nine and ten is. No, they don't. But it's all relative. Yeah. Which is why we use these scales. Is it dull? Is it... And it, so it's building this... You, you got you can everyone can ask these questions to themselves and as coaches we have to ask these questions to our clients so then we can get we can help them build their body self-awareness so then we make ourselves redundant in a lot of ways because they don't have to worry want to rely on us yeah exactly well so that's the best thing you know you actually is like really good about this is getting your athletes clients whoever they are to understand their body because it's not just like you understand their body the better you can get them to understand their body the greater the feedback you're going to get from them and the greater the improvement so if you can understand why they're feeling something if they understand why they're feeling a certain way what's actually happening what the actual type of pain is then it actually can help you improve on it yeah reduce it yeah and you could they can start diagnosing and and assessing their own little issues yeah it's like oh this really isn't that serious oh this is more serious i should i shouldn't push through it or maybe i should you know, you, you develop that, those parameters. Yeah. Is it like that people come to you, i got soreness in the hip. Where in the hip? Yeah. Is it an impingement? Is it, you know, tightness somewhere else? Is it a labrum tear? Like, hmm. like they might not know that, but tell me the feeling. Yeah. Don't just give me this 
thing. And the better we can help people understand their bodies, the better they're gonna live their life. Yes. Well, that's it. Just a better life. A better life. That's what you're gonna feel better. Exactly. And the thing is, I'm I, I'm getting excited, man. I'm loving this because AFL, right? They mm. they think about their players then and there. The good example. They think about their players then and there. Meniscus tear. Rip it out. Let's get it. Just get it out. You'll be back playing three weeks. Good. Get your rehab in. Go for it. Their issues later down the track, they don't care about. I tell you now, it's happened before. They don't care about the issues they're going to experience later down the track. And that's an issue. We want to help people for their short-term goals, but also long-term goals. Their life, general, because, sorry, you go. No, I wanted to just, I was just going to say concussions, brain trauma. Like an example of something that historically been like, ah, you know, you got knocked to the ground. Um, you blacked out for a sec. You'll be all right. We'll, yeah. we'll take a quarter out, rest for a quarter, and then come back. I'm like, motherfucker, you no. have no idea Mm-mm. the damage Mm-mm. that you're doing if exactly. you keep training and you keep prolonging those symptoms. It's like, and the thing is, right, we know when, you, when you're exercising, when you're training, the blood flow to the brain's going to decrease to some extent and just because it's going to work towards those working muscles, right? If we're in this concussion phase probably not going to be the best thing for your body mm. yeah I don't, I don't know about the blood like, it's a good, like that's it's a good not, question it's not excessive that's a good question but like as in what i'm saying is that these when we sweat in and stuff like that all the blood's going to the exterior yeah, surface resources are being partitioned to the working muscle groups yeah. right and there's something t- to what you're saying um one phenomenon is called circulatory conflict have you heard of this yeah you would have seen it in physiology yeah yeah do you remember if you remember it's when it's exactly what you're describing but it's describing the gut yeah. so basically blood flow is taken away from the stomach and gut and to working muscle groups um but this circular conflict occurs like at high high body temperatures and high um ambient ten- temperatures like when we're sweating a lot or we're using this evaporative heat loss and so there's this circulatory conflict that occurs where where circulation and blood flow is being partitioned to working muscle groups to cool you down, for example, with evaporation. And that if you are trying to digest and assimilate nutrients at the same time, you're going to do a less effective job at it because of circulatory conflict, because blood flow is being diverted elsewhere. And so this can have implications to like digestive complications and digestive issues, stuff we've talked about with Dave O'Brien, with that amazing podcast. Um, and there might be something there with the with the blood flow thing with the brain, but I would suspect because you know sport is a, it's quite a neurological thing as well with problem solving and, and thinking and yes, plays and rules. Um, there's definitely, but that's why when we're exercising, we're training in competition, our decision making's reduced. And that's a, that's a skill to get better at when you're training, when you're playing. Can you actually still yeah. think? Think clearly. Think clearly. Can you make decisive decisions that's going to help you in the yeah, game? Yeah, for sure. And that's a huge skill. And I love, I'm going to say it right now, Jordan Radif, he taught me the importance of actually like, it doesn't matter if you're using a stick while you're trying to get someone to balance on one leg or whatever it is. The f- fact that you're trying to get them to think about something else other than the actual movement is so critical in making sure their brain is still aware of the outside external area while they're still completing the movement pattern. Especially if you're preparing them for sport because they have to be able to do that. They have to. And like, look, you have to do that as a human being. You have to be able to drive and be aware of your surroundings. You have to be able to hit the pedals and the brakes, Yeah. have that skill and be aware. What about when you 
trip over what's happening like or like there's this like you know you're just going for a walk you know whether you're in human life or on the sporting field same mm. same concept but i think where if you're dealing with a novice though i think you can easily overwhelm them if you Definitely. try and give them some just a little caveat yeah probably obvious to most but i think it's it's easy to get excited with like oh we gotta change this put this cue in this cue yeah. i'm just like i think the art of the skill of coaching and, and even learning yourself new skills is knowing when all right you have all this exciting shit you want to learn all these things you want to change and improve you got to learn to take a step back and be like okay it's gonna take a little bit of time here we have to one to two skills at a time yeah and that is fantastic because i started to really develop that where i'm just like let's let's just take our progressive time yeah. let's just let's spend time you know why you know overwhelming with this and that let's just start you know, take you. I want them to fully focus, like focus just on that one thing. Take your time, focus on that as a novice athlete. Then slowly progress it. Different external things happening, maybe load, mm. whatever it is. You know, I've seen you with that. Uh, she was on the Ninja Warrior. Lucy Alice. Yeah, you started getting the close your eyes, clap around, just different things. But it's like, let's take our time. Let's take our time. Let's, because this is how I say it. They focus purely on that movement pattern at the start like they, they become really efficient at it they take you know over a progressive amount of time they start to add load they start to get really good at it that's when they start to understand and it becomes more subconscious and then they can start focusing more on power force because even if you are a strong person beforehand if you move like shit you still might not be able to produce force in the right joint angle therefore you're not actually going to enhance the movement mm -hmm. do you get what i mean so spending time really focusing on the movement understanding it then being able to apply force and then being able to think while doing that. Yep. It's all a progressive nature. I just wanted to remind myself what you're describing is there is these uh, stages to motor learning. You're describing the cognitive, associative and autonomous stage. stage yeah. And which every, no matter what skill you're learning, martial arts, a sporting skill, chess, don't matter. We're all going to learn skills. You better be, you might as well be aware Cause like I, I'm aware that like the things that I talk about here and we talk about here, because I talk with a wide variety of people, I realize that it's not always applicable to everybody, and so with at least some subtle awareness to the outside world that may consume this, which a part of me doesn't even like. Like I shouldn't even pander or cater at all. It should just be about the conversation. But then at the same time, it's like, you know what? make it relatable a little bit it's like no matter what skill you're learning this is going to be applicable and that autonomous stage is what you're describing yeah being at that stage to do multitask definitely and like it's going through those stages and i think it's good to relate to different aspects of yeah. life because even if you're an athlete because like yes we're an athletic performance center at woodford's right but we have general athletes that like you know sunday league whatever you call it not necessarily always that semi-pro professional they have even at a semi-pro professional, they have other things in their aspects in their life. Of course. So why can't we try better other aspects if we understand it, you know? If we can help them in their general body movement and life, that's going to make us a better coach. Mm -hmm. I heard, I um, can't remember the name who I heard it from, but it was human first or person first, a uh, athlete okay, second, yeah. player last. Mm -hmm. It's like this is like changing the priorities of how we treat the people we work with. Yeah. And the, what's so interesting is as people will develop as a coach, you'll understand this is 
if you're helping them with their daily life, are they sleeping okay? Yeah. Are they, you know, they're going to perform, not just can they fucking RDL. Yeah. Like, yes, those movement patterns are critical. This is critical. But if, if they're having issues outside of life, I highly, that's going to be a high likelihood that they're probably not going to perform. They could be at risk of injury. Yeah. If they're cool. not, if they're not sleeping. Because well. it underpins everything. Like, if you don't have a healthy enough mental state to be actually able to do the, the work consistently, then it's useless. Yeah. Like exactly. I think I work with my, I got like a 50, 50 split from athletes and, and general population. And what I find is that a lot of, how do I say like everyday athletes, like the human athlete, I'll call them just the general athlete that doesn't play sport. Cause I treat them like athletes um, men- mentally is a lot of them have barriers to why they're not consistently adhering. Yeah. Okay. And, and Viktor Frankl said, um, who was a Holocaust survivor, you know, a a person who has a why can bear almost any how. A person who can has a why can bear almost any how. And that means like a how meaning like a reason to not do something. Yeah. And I think athletes intrinsically have a lot of that. Yeah, they... they naturally have like well not necessarily naturally but they develop this i want this this goal i see it yeah i'm gonna do anything in my power to get it for sure but there becomes an issue where they lack the ability to recover and just sometimes de-stress the body and i feel like sometimes that can be you know like like you said you need to be committed to it but i've seen in athletes where they just overtrain to the point they've just myself exact example actually before I came to Woodford, I taught my ACL. I didn't understand anything about training methods, strength training. I didn't understand it before I came here, before I was 15. I taught my ACL, very young age. That should not be common, but we're seeing it. We're seeing it in this young it's day and age. It's going up, man. It's going up. What the fuck is wrong with that? And you, you, you see it, and there's a high correlation to overtraining, you know, usually on the sporting field, lack of strength, yeah. et cetera. So what we need to understand is, yes, you have a goal, but understand the right principles to get there that is recovery is part of it mm-hmm. down regulating incorporating all those things that are going to help yeah. the performance because performance is not just in the gym or on the field performance is mental yeah. performance is you have stress management techniques and regulating techniques to definitely to, to be able to breathe through the chaos of life yeah exactly when there's a fucking pandemic goes on can you keep your shit together and not spaz the fuck out in the midst of things and keep on your task, stay on your task and stay disciplined. And that relates back to improvise and adaptation. Yes, because exactly. if, if you just go off your head, oh my God, this is happening, this is happening. Well, love, you got a big, you got a big going ahead of you just for the rest of your life. Love. Because, love, sorry, love. But the thing is, look, you need, to, you need to be able to deal with these issues. All right, something's gonna come up. Don't sit there whinging about it. Show me how you're gonna improvise overcome adapt to it exactly yeah. improvise and overcome exactly no it's like shit. it's not always going to be the best like but at least the effort that you tried and you did it is probably going to be better than someone who didn't oh most certainly because you've done something i think it's done something and doing something is almost always better than doing Taking nothing, action right like what is it it's like motion creates motion right mm-hmm. if you don't move the mind or the body i think the, the the best way to move the mind is to move the body because yep. oftentimes you get in a mental rut. It's like, fuck. Shit. God damn it. Right? You've beaten yourself up. 
be down, you might be depressed, you might be anxious, whatever mm. ailment you feel. Yeah, yeah. And people get overwhelmed. And I work with people who get overwhelmed. I'm like, all right. I don't care how big or small the task you do. I want you to go outside, go for a walk in the sunshine, five minutes. Oh, you can't do five minutes? Do four minutes. You can't do, f- do one minute. Like, literally, it sounds almost disrespectful and insulting. But, like, where it's less about how much you've done and more about doing something. Exactly. Because then you trick your mind. All right, shit did that i'm gonna do another minute tomorrow exactly another rep tomorrow i love that because it's not always like oh what have i done you know i haven't done all these these things here it's like hold on something have you done something yeah have you done something great you won you won the day you won the day i'm gonna make a t-shirt like that i say that all the time you've won the day i love that yeah yes i say that to my clients it's like just win the day the whole day might because people were like have unhealthy eating pants they beat themselves up mm. They're not doing the right habits they should. Okay. Yes. Correct. What are you going to do? Well, okay. How are we going to win the day? Yeah. I want you to do something productive for yourself. Goal setting. Writing a to-do list for the it. day. I love it. Do you do that? 100%. I was about to go back, to go to that. I'm sorry. I'm just getting get me real excited. Yeah. What do you, how do you structure that for yourself? So what I do is, so I have a diary, right? Yeah. And I always, I tell you now, I always have long-term goals and there's short-term goals, right? And I think everyone's always stuck at this they're looking at that long-term long term, goal yeah. every time. Like, it's like, how are you going to win the day? Take it day by day. I take my, like, I know what's happening. Yes, within the weeks, I'm organized like that. But I'm always looking at how am I going to win this day? Am I going to put my full effort into this day? Mm. Because you can't put a full effort into a week when you haven't even completed that day. No shit. Exactly. Great point. So what I do is I write down what I want to get done. What is, what do I want to get done? And I make it realistic. I'm a very realist person. I don't mind dreams. I love that, right? But I have a goal setting that what I know I want to get done and want to know what it's achievable. Sometimes I put a little bit extra there, you know, whether I achieve it or not, that's okay. But I always put my goals out there, what I want to get done, and I, I, I take them off. Mm-hmm. I take them off during that. And there's the most satisfaction I get every day. That I, I feel like I've won the day when I've ticked off what I want. Mm. And so, I, sorry, you go. Oh, it's like a little dopamine hit, isn't it? It is. It's amazing. It's amazing. You write it down and it becomes, it becomes obsessive. You just want to do it. You want to write down something and you want to get it done. And the more you do it, I encourage everyone to do it the more you'll want to actually achieve what you need to. Because if you just have it in your mind, mm. you're ne- not necessarily going to want to go out there and go do it. There's no accountability. Exactly. Accountability. Yeah. I love accountability because you got to remember, you're accountable for your own actions and yeah. for your own you know, journey. 100%. It's like, yes, Corona came on. But were you accountable to improvise and start thinking about new ideas or get other things done, start learning? You know, That's what's going to really change it. you got to be accountable for the goals you set. You need to be accountable for the work you put in. And you, and you will always know. No, someone else might not know, but you know how much work you've put in. You know. Have you ticked your goals? Yeah. You know if you're bullshitting yourself. Exactly. You know, motherfucker. You can't lie to yourself. If you, if you don't do that fucking extra rep, or if you skip a rep or skip a set, and then it eats away at you at night. Like, fuck. Exactly. I love fuck, it. Fuck, I skipped a set. Fuck, I'm a little bitch. I exactly. fucking do it. And then it gets, it gets in their head, and then it just comes downstream full where they just stop even making goals and mm. then yeah where are they going they get down where's that timeline what's happening you know mm. i'm always you know like you said life doesn't always go to plan you might not always get to that goal when you want it you might not always achieve that thing in the day something might pop up oh my god but can you improvise and adapt and then make the new goals for the next day yeah. and win your next day yeah 
That's it. One day at a time. One day at a time. Because the days make the weeks, the weeks make the months, the months make the years. years. Right? It's crazy, man, because the older you get, the faster it goes. It's it's like a phenomenon because um, the relative amount of life that you've lived per year gets smaller. I hope this makes sense. There's a great graphical depiction of what I'm trying to say. When you're five years old, let's call it one years old. Mm. When you're one years old, one year is 100% of your life. When you're 50, uh, when you're 100 years old, it's 1% of your life. One year is 100% of, uh, 1% yeah. of your life. Yeah. So the older you get, the smaller the relative time gets with one year. And so it feels like it's going quick. Yeah. That's the craziest thing, man. And it's like one thing we all have in common. I'm like, I remember when I was 18. Whoa. Yep. And you know what's interesting? Always when you look back, it looks like it's gone quicker. And it always will because of that relative time. time perspective. Exactly. Which is the crazy thing. I hope man. people understand that because that's so critical to understand. And that brings me to a point of how important time is. And I'm so glad I've understood this and I've gotten mentors, you know, my parents, Christian, other people, just that time is important, you know? It's like you look back and you ask, I've seen entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs right, or successful people, and they always say, I don't want your money. If you could give me one thing back, give me time because time is everything the more time you put into achieving your goals the more time in that day you win Mm. because maybe not just winning that day have you won that hour what have you been doing Mm. and it doesn't mean you're always going to be boom 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 but it's like okay i meditated today i felt relaxed i won that hour Mm -hmm. yeah you're doing that one thing better to better in your goal bettering yourself helping your life that's it we all got to find that for ourselves. That's a difficult thing. It is a difficult thing. But, but uh, I think that's why it always relates back to improvising and adapting. Don't sit there whinging because if that time that you sit there complaining about the issue, complaining about corona, com- complaining about the score you got on your test, that's an issue. Don't worry about that. Think about now, what am I going to do next? The past is the past. What am I doing next? That's the, that's the question. I think... It's a cliche, right? But listen, cliches, right? But it's really, <laughs> yeah. it's really the self-talk you have to have. Yeah. Like, this is not. These are the things we tell ourselves. So if you're yeah. not telling yourselves these things, and you're telling yourself the opposite, like, oh, you think about all the things you haven't done. Yeah. Okay, what are the things you're gonna do? What are the things you you've done? Right? And these is like you have to tell yourself this in your brain. These affirmations, these self-talk. Um, that- I think that's what makes. The greatest people great is they they have this supreme confidence. I mean, you're seeing that in the Michael Jordan documentary, The Last Dance. Have you seen yeah. that? I haven't actually watched it yet, but it's on my list to watch it. And I just heard about it. And oh my God, I'm excited to see it. It's unbelievable, man. Discipline. He's next level. N- discipline, motivation, you know, working when no one else will. I'm excited. It's interesting, really interesting seeing, because uh, I obviously wasn't alive when Michael was in his prime, as you weren't either. But watching Kobe, because basketball was my life for 15 to 20 years old and kobe was a guy you know he taught me you know really what work ethic looked like what, what it looked like to get up at three four five six a.m whatever it is yeah. and um work on your game and oh, sorry that's time mm. that's time it's investment that's invest invest your time not just your money yeah not just your you know something else invest your time waking up at that time 
Don't don't fall asleep on me and sleep till 11 o'clock. Wake up, invest your time because it's going to pay back. Well, look, you can fucking do that. You can yeah. you can sleep as long as you want. You yeah. can stay, it de- I think it really is dependent on what you want out of this life. Yeah. I think a lot of people are content and there is no I used to judge people like this, but I try to no longer. It's like a lot of people are content with the standard of their life. Then they're not trying to break boundaries or do really really difficult things and yeah. hit all these tremendous long-term goals. And you know what? I think that's okay as long as you find your own meaning, fulfillment, and joy in your life. Exactly. And if you found that, that's amazing because that's something a lot of the hard-ass A-type personalities sometimes never find. Exactly. Because they're just constant go. That's so true. And that's, I remember this. You talked to me, and we've had many talks, but like this was uh, something that I always remember, satisfaction and fulfillment, those two words. Yep. If you do not find satisfaction and fulfillment in your life, that's scary, man. Yeah. That's scary. Because if you can't be happy, enjoy, and f- find fulfillment, meaningful purpose within your life, whatever it may be, whatever it may be, there's many different, then that's scary, man. That's scary. And then I, I looked at that and I just thought, I am not going to do something that's not going to give me fulfillment, satisfaction, yeah. and meaningful. I, I stick by that code. You know? It's amazing. We all gotta have we all gotta have codes, right? Yeah, hundred percent. Standards, principles, boundaries. Exactly. Especially as men. That's sorry. That's accountability. Keep going. (laughs) So good, man. You're very polite. I appreciate you. Most people just fucking interrupt and they don't have any awareness. I I respect that. Well, Um, I feel because the thing is, like you talked in. I can't remember exactly. It's about listening. listening. With Casey Drew. Yes, yes. that was a great. That was fantastic. So true. Listen to what they're saying. Yeah. Don't just be like, yeah, I'm excited, but I'm holding on. Like, he's got more. He's got more. Give it to me. <laughs> Keep hitting it to me. Keep hitting it to me. Keep hitting it to me. Pause. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking, I learned that from, uh, fuck, man. I'm just, see, I'm an amalgamation. That's not me, man. Like, I'm an amalgamation. All these silly things you say. Like, I got that from fucking Brandon Carter. You heard of Brandon Carter? I haven't. No, man. It's, it's like all these obscure personalities on the internet, like, you just become like you say you're averaging the five people you spend the most time around. I talked about this on our Orphic Education our weekly coaches roundtable uh, webinar Wednesday. Is that you know I'm not I'm just a what the fuck was I about to say? I'm an amalgamation of all these people and that oh, the, the five people you spend yeah the most fi- time. thank you thank you the five people you spend the five people you spend the most time around are no longer in person, they're virtual. Yeah, I got I got like I, I can I can I don't have to know Joe Rogan or David Goggins or Jocko Willink. Um, or Cameron Shane or all these people to befriend them and to learn from them yep. and for them to become my quote-unquote friend and mentor. I don't know more about them. It's, it's very weird because people learn more about you than you know. Like all these people watching, yep. right? I don't know them. They get to learn you and like we get to learn about them. Um, and we become a part of them. And it's a strange, beautiful thing about the internet. That is, that is true. And like <sighs> before I've even gone to America... I know, oh, yeah. I know Drew. I know I know his expectations. Yeah, I've looked at his conferences that he's done. You know, from the NSCA, they they put out conferences. I've seen Drews. I've seen programs that he used to do from Christian. I got some documents off there. I've seen the curriculum he likes. How he what he really likes to do. He doesn't know me yet. He doesn't know me. Yeah, but you know. Yeah, but you've got to do your research. You got to do your if research. If you want to be 
look, you're trying to turn. Let's let's bring some context on what you're talking about. Um, explain the opportunity that you had and what had been postponed now. Yeah. Um, so it'll be next year from what I've been talking to. Yeah. See how it goes. Um, so I got an internship at Colorado University uh, for the Buffaloes. Can I come too? <laughs> Can I come please? Um, it's for the NFL department and they usually have five strength conditioning coaches and they take around eight interns. And it's um, it's usually a three-month period of within the off-season, the summer period. Yeah. And it's just learning practicing and really practicing an art of working with these high level athletes mm. they're a d1 school d1 football football three months three months summer summer colorado colorado fuck buffaloes <laughs> that's gonna be dope man it's gonna be insane what? and you and go and you know what i just like i love it because it's and it's gonna be when i talk about I, improvisation ad- you know adapting accountability that's gonna that's gonna show because when you got to deal with 20 20 guys that want to squat 20 guys that want to clean can you control all of them can you handle it mm. because a lot of them are high level athletes already they they've done this before but it's about can you follow through the program can you control a group and that's important it's gonna teach you a lot it's gonna teach me you a know lot. what man that's why i think it's great actually got postponed as well I don't know how much you care about putting on size. I know you're Olympic lifting and it's a weight class Damn, sport. Because I think, I think I see another one or two kegs on you from last time I saw yes, you. Is that correct? Yeah, I've been focusing on putting on awesome. a bit of kegs. Have, what, do you know your like, timeline of how much you've, you've ramped up over the last three, six months? Yeah. So I'll start from last year, November, 66. 2019, November, 66. 66, 66 kilos. Lightweight. Yeah, lightweight, baby. Then we've how mo- tall are you for those listening? 168 centimeters oh shit okay go on okay um and then from march we got into 70 kilos yep and then march 2020 70 kilos now we're at 73 73 nice you've done some good work over the last couple months i've just been focused yeah well i've just you know focusing on what am i what am i eating what am i putting in myself what type of training am i doing and just the recovery the process and i've been looking a lot about consuming more in the day so less each time but more in the day more frequently yeah okay is that just a tool for you to get the total calories you're just trying to look at yeah yeah because like uh, some people they just can't digest and assimilate like fucking thousand calorie meals yeah some exactly people, it's hard yeah they just can't stomach it yeah depends on organ size and and, and transit time of, of food yeah so you're going for what like like five six hundred calorie meals yeah so like it's not like we're not talking like we're talking massive. We're just talking like still a good day. De- like depends on what day it is and stuff, but like a good decent sized meal. Yeah. Depending on which meal it is. But the m- over that period, it's worked well for me for during the day, I get more calories in and it's helped me. Are you tracking your calories? Uh, not all the time, but usually roughly of like what amount of protein, carbs. Do you know what you're doing now? Roughly? roughly uh, not exactly. Yeah. But I'm slowly going to get into more of that. I kind of was just having an experiment yeah. the past couple of months. I wasn't actually exactly looking at something. I was just like, let's experiment. Let's just try it. See if it worked. Then let's get a bit more specific. Sounds like you get, you're, you're hitting about a kilo a month since March, right? Which is a pretty steady um, titrating up if you want to kind of manage fat gain. Yeah. Because it's, it's about 250 grams a week, uh, which, is, which is a really reasonable kind of 
steady pace to go to uh, in in everything that I've seen. That that's comes an often recommended number hitting around 250 grams per week increase to steadily reasonably gain body weight yeah so it sounds like you're on that path definitely do you have a goal weight see size physique i my physique definitely i'm looking so i just going over there you gotta it sounds stupid but you you got a bit more mass on you you show a bit more authority it's not fucking stupid. That's no. fucking facts, bro. It's People fact. judge like, off appearances. Exactly. We're human beings. We exactly. do that. And no matter how many times you don't want them to do that, they're gonna do it. That's so no shit. They're gonna do it. Exactly. You can't stop the what seven, eight billion people in the world. So what I'm trying to say is yes, I want to put on. I'm gonna start looking to get on more mass. Get more mass. You know, start looking a bit more. But keep that uh, fat mass down. Get juicy. Get <laughs> get juicy. Get the muscles a bit bigger working on there and just get stronger yeah get stronger just because the feeling of being stronger more powerful excites me and and then you become someone more aspirational someone people can look up to more right some a symbol for excellence a symbol for greatness in your own way yeah because you have shown and taught yourself how to push the boundaries of your mind and body People, you can look at a bodybuilder and say that's an unattainable or that's, a, that's not, sorry, not unattainable, but that's an unattractive physique to you. That's fine. But you can't say those motherfuckers don't work hard or aren't disciplined mm-mm, mm-mm. or haven't pushed themselves hard. No, they've, they've put in the effort. That's right. The knowledge. Not just that training. Not everyone's just pumping. They're not just pumping out girls, you know, all that's, day. That's, that's, the, uh, that's the stereotype, right? Exactly. They they gotta understand what they're putting. They gotta look at a whether they have a health professional helping them or not. They're looking at other things other than just doing some kills with some big weight. And and guess what, guys? Steroids don't work by themselves. Mm-mm. You gotta fucking do the work. Actually, the big thing about steroids, as someone who's never taken them, but f- just doing basic research, you find out well, steroids and alike substances they help with recovery. Yeah. So what we're saying when we do this is that. Basically, these guys want to use them to help their recovery and anabolism of their muscle so they can do more work more often. Yeah. You're, but we're basically saying they want to work hard more often. They want yeah. to work harder. Yeah. I'm like, you have to respect at least the mentality to for continual excellence. Exactly. That's the thing. It's not just, all right, Done. big. No, it's... It's not an implant. It's like they, they are accountable. They want to work till the end. They want to keep going. They want to win that day so hard that they're going to take the steroids to so that they recover and they can hit that gym and they can again. keep keep yeah. working yeah. Again, again. Work hard, and that is a mentality mentality that's so important. Yes, all right, the steroid taking maybe not, but the mentality that they get is phenomenal. Yeah, you got to be the product, and I keep saying it time and time again, and you know. I allude to it. There's, there's a reason I stopped posting on social media for quite some time. And uh, it ties into this conversation. Like, at some point, you have to be dissatisfied to your, about yourself and to push the boundaries and to be satisfied one day. You have to earn that. Yeah. And I think you've got to... Anybody can post on social media. So you could... The only way you can hold yourself accountable to high standards is, is by you doing it. Mm-hmm. And so I think we all must do that for ourselves in our own way. And like you said, 
when you go to Colorado, you got quite a bit of time. It's another about year away or something, yeah. right? It's called it that. That's a lot of time to get some great work in, yeah. to get really strong, to put on some put on some really quality muscle mass. Yeah. You know, when I say quality, people don't say, what the fuck's quality muscle mass? We're talking about functional muscle mass. Muscle mass that isn't just, um, this is where the central nervous system comes in, right? You can build like a lot of muscle mass and it not be very functional for you. Are, are you stable, for example? Um, can you balance off one leg? Do unilateral movements balance on one arm um, when you're holding a, a load? And so this is what I mean by functional and, and usable muscle mass uh, for clarity. And I mean, like, there would nothing would make me happier to see you in six to 12 months from now, like five to 10 kilos heavier, strong, mobile, state. And you're going to be fucking smarter. We know that <laughs> because you, you fucking do research, you learn, you, you're constantly posting, you're, you're on that shit, right? Nothing would make me happier to, to see a Krista Kronis and he's like, and he's like, f- closer to his like full form like his peak potential yep and the thing is i ain't in a rush you know like i'm not expecting next week to be five kilos heavier i'm excited one year we're gonna we'll, we'll come back we'll do it we'll do another podcast we'll do before another you podcast leave before i leave and we'll see and we'll see we'll see if you if that and, happens and i love that i love that put me a cannibal to yeah put me a cannibal right now sir all right i'm a cannibal to doing that and guess what i'll come with you man yeah my man. i'm coming with you because look if a homeless person tried to teach you to be a millionaire, you would say that's a scam. So if an overweight or obese doctor was telling you how to be healthy, you'd question that too. And so let's go to this field, the health professional field. Well, we say the thing for obese, overweight, diseased people. Yeah, that makes sense. That's obvious. Well, on the other spectrum, we don't treat really skinny, scrawny people like that. Yeah. And it makes sense because you can be athletic and really skinny too. You can be strong and skinny, right? True, 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 tick, tick, tick. But most aren't, okay? Most are really skinny because they just don't train, train consistently. They don't care. They don't have the right, a, a good diet. Yeah. And so I think we need to hold ourselves accountable and raise the standard of each other and be like, guess what, man? So I'm like, this is why I'm having this conversation with you. Let's go. Let's, yeah, let's push our boundaries of our physical, mental potential. Yeah. And... I actually had a conversation with Jay Ellis last night. Love the man. And we're talking about how he's just said... Phone call? Uh, we'll just... Text. Uh, yeah, we're messing across each other. We had a good chat though, like questions, we're prepared. Um, and he was just telling me how coaches just here, just don't train. And then you look at the work ethic of a lot of strength conditioning coaches here. And then you look at it in America. They're working from six till nine all day. And they still train. Because they're, they're gonna, they're gonna make sure they take care of themselves. Because if you can't take care of yourself, you can't train, you can't put that work in on yourself. You shouldn't be doing it on someone else. No shit. No shit. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. you almost feel like a fraud in some ways. I'm like, fuck, man. If you're not, if you're not staying on top of your health, yeah. If you're not having a uh, uh, the proper diet for your biology, if you're not sleeping well, if you're doing drugs and you're addicted to substances, those are those are tough things to deal with. But if you're not trying to overcome them, then what the fuck are you doing in this in this industry? It's you're living a contradiction. Exactly. And can you, you go? Can you really help them to the yeah the most stand like like the best po- possible circumstance? Yeah. Can, can you really? Because like, all right, even if you understand it well, can you really help them? 
I think you, there'll always be a limiter. It's like a limiter on a car, yeah. like a speed speedometer. There's always going to be that limiter. If um, if you're not, you haven't found your potential. I think it's one of the most difficult things is craft breaking yourself down and crafting yourself into it into a better human being. And what excites me to no end is is I I already have like five years of like I've been um, doing things on YouTube for like about five years and it's a bit strange and and weird if whenever it comes up and I look back on old shit but and it makes me think you all motherfuckers are listening to me you guys yeah. are out of your mind I was like a fucking baby yeah I think I'm that a fucking idiot yeah sometimes man you think the same look, thing look mate scrolling back sometimes <laughs> like what the fuck am I and I think we're always gonna think that to an extent yeah. because. It's, and, and if we don't, then have we stopped growing? Exactly. You know? If you don't look back and you say, ah, oh, me now is not what, you know, like oh, if I was what I was now to back then, it'd be different. But that's good because you've, you've grown, you've changed, hopefully in a positive circumstance. Yeah. And that's what you want. I love that. Yeah, right. I look back at my first video on my Instagram or something like that. And I'm like, yeah, right. Plenty of... Not the best video out there, I can tell you that for sure. <laughs> but you know what? I am glad because you know what? You got to throw yourself on the deep end. You do. You have to. And it's always starting is the hardest thing. And then what? You just keep going. Keep throwing yourself in the deep end. Because you can't put yourself, you can't stay in that comfort zone. You don't grow in that comfort zone. I tell you this now because... The only time I'm growing and still growing, I tell you now, you look at me in 10 years, I, I'm going to look back at this moment and I'm going to say, oh, man, I kept growing. But that's exciting. That is, I get thrilled by it. I that's love awesome. it. I love the fact that I keep putting myself in. I've I become obsessed with it now, Alex. I tell you, I love going in out of that comfort zone and putting myself somewhere. Yeah, in that moment, I'm like, Chris, what the fuck are you doing? But then at the end of it, I'm like, yes, good, again, again, win the day. And I'm looking at a, I need to get like, eventually I'll get a proper full setup. I'll have a projector or something here. I'm looking at a video on Coach DeCrana's Instagram page from November, uh, November 2018. Yes, I saw this the other day. The squat paloff press you were taking through with me. Yes. yes. Right. Which is great. I, I forgot about it. You uh, know, it's like, you, go ahead. Do you remember that was, you asked me, what is a great activation exercise for your CPPS course certification? You had to do one. And I said to you, do the squat paloff press. And you added it in this video because you had to do different, you had to film seven videos. Uh, your favorite mobility drill, your favorite activation yeah, drill. Yeah, yeah. And you did the squat. And then I was like, oh, <laughs> the bench press. Wow, we're going back in time, bro. You had longer hair and everything. Yeah, man, different time. The first was, the first photo was March 2018. Uh, you built your gym. Yeah. Man, and it looks great. Thank you. It looks like, and that's two years ago, so I'm sure it looks different now. Yeah. Um, what type of rack do you have there? And, I'm out, and this is actually important for like people, it's like, because they're building their own gyms now. What, cause that looks good. I might get a rack like that. What is that? The brand or the style? Brand and style. So that's a half rack. I love the half rack. It's, uh, space effective, you know, because it's only a half of what a full rack would be. So you actually walk out of it. Like you're, you're not within the rack. Um, and from Lifespan Fitness, good price, good everything. I was just doing my research, you know. With everything I do, I guess my, I got it off my dad. I ain't someone to just jump into something if I don't, like, you know, I'm going to take my time, look at what I think is going to be best. I ain't buying this dodgy stuff. And it worked out well. How is it? What does your gym setup look like now? 
Uh, so we have it in the factory we have, and I've just got more mats. So I've got cushion mats so that when I do my Olympic lifting, I drop the weights that actually won't affect the concrete. Yeah. The weights have l still last me. I keep them in good condition. The rack's still beautiful. What weights you got there? Uh, what like the bumper plates? Yeah. So I've got twenties, fifteen. No, 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 brand. Oh, brand. Because they look like Olympic lifting plates. Yeah, they are Olympic lifting plates. Uh, little bloke fitness. Little bloke fitness. What? Little bloke fitness. Yeah, they're an Australian company. Really good. Good price, and that I was happy because that rubber was recycled. I love that. Yeah, I know. environmental friendliness. For I know you. it was nice. I thought. I'm doing something good, hopefully. That's a heavy loaded triple extension. What is that on the bar? 110. <laughs> Very good. I'm just taking a look at your Instagram right now and I see... Big difference, huh? So you, are you lifting outdoors there? Or is that indoors? You have the mats down? Uh, indoors. Okay, nice. Are you, tr are you coaching people when you coach people out of there? Uh, usually, so like my family... Of course, I always want to help them. So my, my mom and my brother specifically, I do with my best mate as well. But the rest is usually either online or when for now and usually at Woodford. Mm -hmm. Got it. How big is that area you have? That area? Yeah. Is it just like the rack and the mats in front? For the gym? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I just keep it. I, li I like everything simplistic. Works well for me. Two bars. Love that, son. Get yourself a half rack, people. Half rack, my boys. Start lifting. Fuck yeah. How are you going through all this, man? How, how's the last, like, the whole year pretty much has been, like, how last three months have you been adjusting Fant to all this? Fantastic. <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. Fantastic. You know what? And that's why I say... Every motherfucker, I ask him. You listen to all the fucking responses on this podcast. I ask on the Ophic podcast. Everyone's saying it's great. The winners are saying it's great. The coaches are adapting saying it's great. It is great. Why is it great for you? Oh, many reasons, but let me get into it. All right. <laughs> look, this time, like you look at successful people, my dad especially, you know, he owns his own business. He told me things. He said, don't use this time to just sit there. The people who are going to come out of this and be the winners and the people that keep striving forward are the ones that utilize this time to work on themselves, work on themselves, work on what their little crafts, the this and that. So I thought, yes, 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 yes. I'm gonna work on myself. You know, I'm doing my research. I'm finding new things. I'm helping those that I could. So we used to do, with the South Melbourne girls, Jay and I took, we used to do just a whole group thing. Now I'm trying to help every individual person, get that little bit of personalization, help get more specific, just keep working, finding something. You know, my training, I'm making sure I'm doing my training. I'm looking at my training, seeing where I want to be, working with my coach, putting on mass, um, then sticking with uni, doing that, that's fine. And just, I'm, I'm using this time so that when I come out of this, I said, yeah, man, I'm better than before I, before. Uh. So it sounds like you haven't really been affected. No, nah, man. Like I, I'll follow the rules, I'll follow isolation, but nothing is gonna stop me. I tell you this now, if I have a goal, I'm going for it. I will, like I said, you win that day every day. Don't tell me you're going to wait three months, four months of isolation and then start winning the day. No shit. Nah. And even if you don't have someone to train, train yourself, focus on new things that you can learn, implement it in yourself. 100%. Try new things. I experiment. And then, you know, I... What are you experimenting? Like, so like with the diet plans, mm -hmm. experimenting that. Yeah. With training, I, different exercises, you know, and I even talked to Jay Ellis about this. I was like, 
Yes, the hip thrust is fantastic, isolated in glutes and stuff like that. But getting your bang for your buck, make sure this, like, you know, you're getting as much glute engagement in the squat, the clean, different things like that. If you're time poor, let's just focus on getting in that. You know what I mean? Just focus on different things that, like, when you come back, you're like, I'm, I, know, I know different things, different ways to promote it. You don't have to stick to the same thing you just did before. Just different ways of experimenting, different exercises, different programs, different routines. Just keep going. Yeah. Learning different things. Learning different things that are going to help you. Side hustle. I've even, because I knew I'm going to go to America at some point. I tell you now, I'm going to America. I said to my dad, could I please work for you? He said, yes. I've been working there. I'm Laboring isn't my favorite job, but I don't care. I'm going to do it because I know when I go to America, it's going to be worth it. Yeah. You're, you're saving up and, and short-term pain, long-term gain. Exactly. You realize that America is going to be costly. Right? Definitely. We don't know the state of the economy is going to yeah. be like in a year, right? Exactly. They're probably going to be taxing our dicks off, <laughs> right? It's going to be terrible. So all that JobKeeper money, Seeker money that you're getting, that, that people are getting, people please don't spend it all. No. Unless it's like dire situation, food on the table, bills piling up. Please don't spend it all no. because they're going to tax your tits off. Exactly. And when that comes, that's going to be a stressful moment. So invest if you can invest, invest in yourself. Exactly. Invest in yourself. So then, yeah, exactly. You getting to where you want to be is going to help you if you're as a coach to get people to where they want to be. If you can't achieve your own goals. That's what I'm saying, bro. How are you going to help someone else achieve their goals? That's what I'm saying. And if you have, don't tell me we've, I haven't lived a fully perfect life. We've been through ruts, but we get ourselves out of there. You know, we ain't, we know it's not always sunshine and people need to know that. It's not always going to be sunshine. But we make it through, we get out, and that's going to help us as a coach help other people that go through different issues. Absolutely. Uh, you need to be the change you want to see in the world. Exactly. And so, you know, I think one guy who's done that tremendously is a Jeremy Bolzillo, who I've had yes. on the podcast. This man is transforming, finally, his, his body composition, physique, and strength through powerlifting and through proper diet uh, interventions. And he's... He now weighs a similar weight to me. He's around the 80s. I'm so proud of him. Just fucking awesome. Every time I'm just like, Jeremy, you legend. Fuck I'm, yeah. Because he went out there and got it. He went out there and got it, you know? And he held himself accountable. Mm. Do you know what I mean? He held himself accountable. He said, I'm going to go do this. And he did it. And I said time and time again, I've said, I've said it to Christian so many times, I've said it to Jeremy a couple of times, like, man, what if Brick gets just like ripped and jacked? What if he just gets fucking yoked? Yeah. He's not a brick anymore. He's just a brick shit house. He's concrete. He's mm. <laughs> he's fucking concrete. He's fucking concrete. Now, brick is his nickname for those who don't understand what we're talking about. We call him Brick because historically, his shape is it his shape. <laughs> you would say is more like a brick. Yeah. Is that why? Uh, well, it was that, and he looked like the, the front man from Anchorman as Brick. Oh, really? Yeah, that was it. Was oh. Uh, if I type in Anchorman Brick, yeah, I'll it. find it. Okay. Christian came up with it and just like... Oh. <laughs> the legend of Ron Burgundy. Oh, it's so good. Oh, his name was Brick Tamland. Yeah. Was that his name? That was his character name. Yeah. Uh, Steve Carell. <laughs> oh, that's legendary. It's amazing. And it just stuck. Like, I literally... When I talk to him, I'm like Brick. And like normal. I never call him Jeremy. But it's just like, it's stuck now. It's I'm just it's just used <sighs> to being brick. Oh shit. Like people call my name Dirk where there's no R before the K, but people still say it. That's Coach true. Dirk. That's true. It's like 
I don't know. Just have. have you, why don't you change your Instagram to that? Your, your things to that. Coach Dirk. Yeah. That'd be. An, <laughs> that'd be. It's probably taken, but oh well. Yeah. Why not? That's. It's funny. It's like everyone, and they and even when they spell it, <laughs> they put D I R K. It's like, ah well, <laughs> Coach Dirk. I take it. Became a nickname, and then just suck. It's like they become your these nicknames. Become, I think Australia does it so often. We yeah. give nicknames to people. Definitely. Okay, we talk about that with Casey. It's like we we give our prime ministers nicknames. I think everyone does that in their own way. Yeah. Just think we don't know. Yeah. Like have we, have we? Like unless you really live in other countries. Like have you lived in another country before? No, I haven't. Yeah, I mean you will soon. Yeah. What is what is the? How certain is that? Going to Colorado, like, it. What could stop it from happening? What well, needs to go right? See, the thing is, right, I signed a contract for it. So they're accountable on bringing me there. Mm. Um, so that's actually done. And I've discussed it with them. I keep in contact with them and we've talked about it. What would stop me is if they fully stopped altogether. But hold on a second. We're talking about college NFL here. That, that ain't going away. That multi-trillion we're dollar done. fucking yeah. machine. Hey, hey, yeah. <laughs> What's with that, man? Why don't they pay their athletes? Someone will explain that to me. Someone explain... Know. How these athletes are getting fucked that hard. Yeah. Like, all this, like, how much does the, let's look it up. What is it, uh, how much does, how much, take a guess, how much does college American football profit? I won't even, I won't even give you revenue. All right? Because none of these athletes are getting paid. Man. No, no, just scholarships. Which is great start. Yeah. So, the average annual football revenue of $96 million across the three most recent seasons. What is that saying? Football generated roughly $4.64 billion in operating profits for U.S. colleges last year, according to Business Journal's analysis of financial data in 2018. Wow. Okay. But But Okay Hit me with the but Respect Respect to be at the level they're at And respect to work hard If they wanted to be drafted Oh yeah And the fact that they won't get paid But you, they need to keep working They need to keep working hard To get to there If they want to be drafted For the NFL That's respect That they know It's not about that fight Short term financial gain Because if it was If they were paying them They'd be paying them good money Maybe they wouldn't even want to be going to True. NFL. That's a great point. Whereas they got to say, if I want to get drafted, I'm going to pull my ass out for the next three, four years. But if if they did get paid, it would lower the barrier of entry to changing so many more lives. And like the pool, actually, it would I would suspect it would make professional sport in the NFL less competitive because a lot of young athletes, their aspiration is, I'm really skilled and talented at this sport. I need to make it to the big leagues and pro sport so I can create the lifestyle for myself and my family that they deserve. You know, they've they've taken care of me. Yeah. It's been a struggle living in ghettos of of America, etc., etc. You know, fatherless, motherless homes, whatever it is. And so this is you talk about a why bearing almost anyhow. Yeah. It's like that struggle and that that abusive homes and those difficult circumstances. They create like the biggest why. And it's almost like, with respect, they're almost blessed with the shit upbringing because it's it's given them this toughness that they can bear almost anything. 
Yeah. Fucking practice? That's fucking easy. They just keep going. Yeah, practice. You can My play dad fucking time. killed himself. Fucking easy. Yeah. I live on this straight and I still come here. And I still... I'm on time. No excuses. Right. You know? And that's... You know what? Sometimes that makes the best people. If you can make it out, man. Yeah. I, I think it does. And I... In a weird, strange way, I weirdly envy people who have gone through like tremendous suffering. I mean... And sometimes in my weird masochistic mind, I I welcome it in my own life. I'm like, all right, come on. Let's go test me, motherfucker. Test me. And it's a very weird, strange thing because you don't want the people around you to die or get sick and get ill. You don't want to have anything happen to you. You know, you want to maintain your health and vitality and your people around you. But you know, if you really think about it on a consistent basis, you know... That everybody you know around you, everybody you know, is going to die at some point. They're either going to die quickly and non-painfully, or they're going to get sick and it's going to be drawn out, or some combination. Are you ready for that? Do you think about that? Because that's going to happen. And that is going to deploy... You're going to get... Your life is going to take a big turn when shit like that happens, when you have that involuntary suffering and pain be thrust onto you. But you know what's amazing? And this is when I say, like, you know, improvise, keep going, because you know what? When people get placed into these difficult circumstances, whether it's that severe or it's just like something that's just not going well. Yeah. You know, you've been broken Lost your job. Yeah, lost your job. Show the people whose boss, come back and show them. Just like, you know, do something about it because then... I will respect you more when you've gone through something like that and you come back and you show the world who you are. Yeah. Because that's what it's about. It's not about, it's a linear, beautiful line. Hey, hey, no. You, when you go through, de- whether it's a big down or small one, yeah. each time you come up, that's re- I respect that. It's resiliency. Resilience. And, and we're all, it's, it's like a, what is it? It's like a spring. It's like resiliency is like a spring. It's like you get tested, comes together, and you got to spring back to keep your resiliency to be resilient so we're all getting we're getting tested right now every country different severity i think we're very fortunate to live in the country we are man definitely Definitely. like come on like and it could be so much worse and it it might be in the future yeah that's a possibility it is what do you make of it all like what do you make of the rona you know what i think See, anxiety comes from something that hasn't happened yet. You know, the, yeah. thought, the, the thought of what's happening next. Mm. Chill out. Let's, let's just hold on for a second. We talking about what's happening this day, man. What are you going to do in this day? Yes, all right. Like, we, ain't, we don't know what's happening. And sometimes that anxiety can build up, whether it's long-term or it's just a feeling of being anxious. But everyone will experience that feeling of being anxious. There's no doubt about that. To what extent, we don't know. But sometimes it's like just whatever's going to happen. Sometimes we just got to take a step back and just be like, whatever's going to happen, I'm going to show myself out of it. I'm going to I'm gonna get my best person. I'm going to prepare as much as I can throughout this time, this day, this hour, this minute. And then whenever I get thrown into that circumstance, I'm going to show myself. Exactly, yourself. Because at the end of the day, it's all you have. Exactly. So fundamentally, at the end of the day, 
are humans beings just alone? Are we all just, at the end of the day, we're, we're, we're just, we're fundamentally by ourselves. Like I am a legend. But uh, life is about people. At least that's the conclusion I'm coming to, is that the meaning and fulfillment in life and joy in life is enhanced by sharing it with somebody else. Exactly. You know, sharing it with people you love. And this is just kind of going back to accountability again. I love it because something you'll figure out, you don't train, it doesn't matter. It ain't affecting the next person. I ain't going to affect you if I don't do my training session today or don't, don't do this. You need to remember that everyone has their life doesn't mean they don't care about you hold on a second but everyone goes through their circumstances everyone has a life everyone's focusing on their goals yes you know like your parents they'll be they'll try to help you out when they can your friends you know they'll be there for you but in the end of the day it's your life and yes we are social animals we have this surrounding of other people but there is sometimes where it's like you are you you're yourself and you need to remember that it's your life and you're in control and you need to be accountable. Mm-hmm. What's the alternative? What do you mean, what's the alternative? Like, like, it's, it's like rhetorical. So oh, what, okay, what's so the what's the alternative is if, you know, say you didn't do well or you didn't go study or, you know, that person isn't helping you, they're not worrying about you, they're not helping you with this, you know, you're not getting the assistance you need or someone else is doing something and you're not doing that. You're jealous of that. You know, you're looking at other people and you're like, why am I not doing that? You know, you're not sitting there focusing on your life because everyone else has got something else to do and they've got to focus on their life as well. Mm-hmm. Do you get me? You can become distracted chasing the... The wrong things. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, when I say, when I say um, it's rhetorical, what's the alternative? I mean, like, look, there is no other alternative. That's it. If if you want a life that is fulfilling and meaningful, you need to take responsibility. Exactly. It might not be your. F- I'll say this again and again and again. It's, it's maybe not your fault. No. That you are the way you are, or shit happened to you when you were younger, or yesterday. But look, man, it's your responsibility to fucking fix yourself. Exactly. And I hate the blame game. I hate it. No? Look at yourself, man. There's a mirror in your bathroom. Go take a look. It's we all like, have to do it. We talked about you are who you, the five people you spend most time around, right? But sometimes you got to remember you are conscious in your own mind. You Sometimes they will override it and you will start to act some way, but there's no reason you can't change something. So you have a poor behavior. There's no reason why you can't. It might be harder if it's ingrained in yeah. you over these years. Yeah. But there is no excuse that that you can't try to fix that and try to work on yourself. But the trouble is, people people find the excuses. Yes, exactly. They will and find it. They let them be the reason to not do something. And then they're satisfied for some reason. They're satisfied with that. They're satisfied that that excuse is the reason, and they can go to sleep. And you know what? Speaking of, if you can sleep at night, knowing that, and if you are fulfilled and have meaning and your life is fine and you're happy with it and you're content alright all right. whatever yeah, okay. but if you're complaining motherfucker 
Exactly. That's a problem. It's like if you're content with that, you go to bed, you ain't telling, you know, that's it. All it right? is what it is. Okay, that's it is. That's what categorizes different people within this world. But if you're going out there and you're disturbing other people's success, other people's journey, yeah. because you're not content with what's happening, but you're utilizing excuses, that's an issue. That is an issue. It's a very common issue. Very common. It's ridiculous. So there's nearly 8 billion people on this. Can you even fathom that? 7.5 billion I can't. people. I can't. I can't. You know how big of a number that is? That is huge. Do you know how many countries there are? Exactly. This, isn't there like 300? Like actually, ne like, like nearly 300? Yeah. I, I learned it when I was looking at the stats for the coronavirus because nearly, not every country has it, but nearly all of it ha has it. Um, I actually like to play this game with my brother where you try to remember as many countries as you can. And you try to type it in in five minutes. It's good. Wait, type it in like in a, in a document or something. Yeah, no, no. So like, um, there's an actual game that you can play, just like a little oh, fun game. Oh, okay, okay, and okay. It's just good. A little to geography test. Yeah, like a little geography test. I don't know why. It's just sometimes intriguing, just to see. Yeah, it's mentally stimulating. It's yeah, fun. Exactly, and I like doing it. We do. The, we've done the Americans because, like, since I was going to America, we're like, all right, let's see how many states we can do. And um, what's it called? Oh God, I need to remember this. Search up uh, countries quiz or. For all the kids at home, countries of the world quiz, jet punk. <laughs> There's probably heaps out 195 there. 195 countries, wait, not 195 countries, 193 countries that are members of states of the United Nations and two countries. What are these two rogue countries that are non-members of the observer states? Oh, the Holy See and the state of Palestine. <laughs> Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat Shalom. <laughs> countries of the world quiz. Okay, cool. Yeah, this is, that's ugly. I'm not going to do that. Yeah. Yeah, have a, have a look into it though. Trust me. Yeah, I won't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but 195 countries, man, seven and a half billion people. It's just, and then you realize that uh, traveling is like it opens it opens your world. Yeah, it's like a drug that opens your world to p different perspectives. And that's why I'm excited to go travel and travel by myself. I'm yeah. going. I'm going in the deep end. I'm excited. Alex. Good man. I'm going to somewhere. You know, I've only I traveled when I was two. That doesn't even count. No, it doesn't. I that told you, man. That doesn't count, man. This is like this is travel, and I'm in this time where I'm understanding the world a bit more, and I'm like, oh my god, this is gonna shape me. This is beautiful. I'm excited because I'm going to a different country, not just for the internship, but to put just go somewhere, not know anyone. And just do do my thing. Just enjoy the world. Realize that something's bigger, better than bigger and better than just your neighborhood. Yes, exactly. And so many, like I don't know the stat, but there's like a how many? I think it's prevalent in America. How many Americans don't have passports and don't travel? Um, Ridiculous. Americans don't have passports. I think they're making it mandatory now for people to get them or something along the lines. Uh, Census date, State Department, 21.4 million passports were issued in 2016, which has the most ever. That means 42% of Americans hold a passport. So 42% of 350-something million. A growth of 15% since 2007. In 1990, only 4% of Americans had one. Yep. So think about the parents of our generation. That's fuck all. That is ridiculously low. How many? And sometimes I... Australians. I'm excited to travel. I haven't traveled yet, but oh my God, I'm, I'm already going to... I recommend it because like the feeling that I'm getting to explore the world and realize the more you research about it, you're like, wow, there's so much more just, just then just your neighborhood. Like, yeah. Open your eyes. Well, you get, you get kind of... And I just give you this perspective. 57.4% um, of the Australian population... Uh, 2018, 2019 has passports. 
So it's like 15% higher. Anyway, yeah, you get stuck in your uh, your little circle, right? Mm-hmm. The places you go to. I go yeah. here, I go here, I go here, I go here. The usual. Right? The routine. Yeah. It's like, man, I do my breathing after every session and I look up at the sky. And I trip myself out sometimes. And I've done this for years. This shit curves. Sorry, flat earthers. But look at that. Like you can see like the horizon. I'm like, what it, the fuck is over there? It Wait, curves. It curves. Exactly. There's some shit over there. It's like, a, it's like a dome. We're in like a snow globe. And that's why I love going for hikes and places that I don't know. Because when you just explore it, you're like, this is a kilometer of the ridiculous amount of land right. we yeah, have. Yeah, exactly, right? A kilometer you've never been. Like how much land is there? That we haven't seen. That's exactly. fucking amazing. That's like that's it is fucking amazing because like you you go to somewhere you do a hike maybe that you haven't been before. Mm-hmm. I love that, right? Yeah. And in Colorado, there's so much mountains. Alex, I'm gonna tell you all about it. Oh I, yeah. I know you love that too. Oh yeah. It'll be unbelievable. But that's gonna be like only a, a, a shit small ton compared to the huge amount of land of the world. It it almost like it's a challenge to almost like well should we. I can see the allure to like stopping everything and just traveling the world, right? Yeah. Because like, it's beautiful. It's amazing. It's it's beautiful. Like there's so much flavor. It's like, have you seen like photos of like markets where they have all the spices, all the different colors of spices? Yeah, yeah, just bang, bang. It's like, that's the world. It's like there's 195 different variations of those. And within all those 195 different countries, there's different regions and towns and provinces and people. I'm like, motherfucker, I need... 10,000 lifetimes just to explore this whole thing. Exactly. But at the same time, a routine allows you to be disciplined. It allows you to build something for the future. Exactly. And a routine is often preserved for a certain environment, a certain routine, uh, you know, a certain place you call a home. Yeah. It's not to say you can't have a routine when you travel because that could be your life. You could make your life could be traveling and documenting that. Everyone's different. But it almost, it really gets me because I'm like, drop of the hat. You could just change your life entirely. Because every time I've traveled, like my version of what you're about to do, I was uh, 19 and I went to live in Tucson, Arizona for, and I think we talked about this briefly, for uh, five, six months. Yep. Man, I, 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 for me, I went to play, so I was on the other side. I went to play basketball, right? Is that where you um, painted houses on the weekend? Or? How the fuck do you know that? I've known you for four years. We have good chats. Holy shit. Come on. I re- I'm a good memory. Good memory. I have good so memory. What, you, what people he's referring to is that, so um, I saved up about 11, 11 12 grand um, to go over there, pay for it. And I was running out of money. And so thankfully I was able, my parents were able to help me, give me some lifelines when I need, when I need a bit of money later on. But in the meantime, I'm like, all right, I can get some money. I need to get a job. Couldn't legally get a job according to my visa, I believe. Um, so I just uh, like, painted this guy's house. Was it ten bucks an hour? I th- fuck. It was. It was something yeah, ridiculous. It was like, something. Yeah, it was something like that. Yeah, good memory. I think it was. And it was this this small like garage home house weatherboard thing, and um, I asked my living. We we're at like a. Like an apartment complex, and they had like an office, and I was friendly with the with the people who worked there, and so I asked them about if you hear any jobs, let me know. And then the this guy who lived very close, he came up. He said, "Hey, I'm looking for anybody who wants to do a job," and they called me, and 
I painted the dude's house like in this Tucson heat. Fucking, I still have the paint splatter marks on some <laughs> Nike shorts that I still wear to this day. It's like this yellow paint um, from that time. Just trying to make a couple of dollars, man. And you know what? That's fantastic because you were in a whole different country trying to chase a dream and you still put in that extra work because people think like, oh my God, I need to be in this perfect circumstance. I need all this time just to be doing my basketball or my football. It's like, you know what? Example right now, you just spent time having to work outside of that, something you don't want to do, but to be able to do what you want to do exactly. later. Exactly. Great point. You got to do shit you don't want to do to do shit you want to do. Exactly. Put that on a t-shirt. And you know what? It's not just doing the shit you don't want to do it's doing the shit you don't want to do while also trying to still hustle your way through it because you're still playing basketball yeah you're painting you're doing all this shit but you still hustle through you know i'm working as a laborer right now but i'm still trying to become a great coach well you realize pretty quickly that your life does not have to be one thing exactly right especially when it's a very physical thing like coaching is, is physical it can get very emotionally mentally Definitely. exhausting right however a sport is different like it is not productive no athlete plays their sport and practices all day because we know there's a point of diminishing returns there's a point where you're actually doing more harm than good yeah recovery is needed sleep is needed downtime is needed for the consolidation of memories the consolidation of motor motor tasks um motor learning um to help heal musculoskeletal inflammation and stress so that it made sense to me like i didn't feel bad because i practice hard I tr when i'm on i'm on when you train hard you practice hard you do what you're supposed to do when you're supposed to do it yeah and then you get your break because you earned it i can sit back and i can enjoy the i call tv shows and movies drugs for me because they are like that's my version of drugs because they take me to another universe i love it at the end of the day i can enjoy an amazing tv show like westworld or ozark have you seen those i haven't seen those just, just amazing like well well made um tv shows that i've heard of them though yeah you know uh they add in thought-provoking topics and questions and drama that um i think add complexity to your own life and add add um depth to your own life and help you grow from that like the matrix you seen the matrix yes i love the matrix when did you see that uh so i watched it with my family um but i've watched that probably it's probably been quite a couple of years now but it was just something like it felt like something when i watched it with my family it was like they watched it so then i'll watch yeah. it years ago it's like you just got to do it you're passively like passively watching it yeah. right now se seven or so years ago i watched it now and i would recommend watching these things later on like watching the simpsons now compared to when you're a kid it is different Whoa. i've done that wow we Wowee! Wowee, my man. The the thought that you just realized the directors put into it, but you didn't notice back then is like... Bro, Simpsons is low-key deep and self-aware. Yes. And the like the Simpsons during my time, like during like when we were growing up, like between those years was really good in that sense. Where it wasn't just like people just think, oh, you know, it's just a silly TV show. Hold on a second. Yeah. Watch it when you're older. That's an adult TV show right there. I tell you that. Yeah, Marge and Homer having sex every couple episodes. Yeah. They're having super self-aware references to like politics. I and, know. Um, uh, culture. The, the way they depict Marge and Lisa 
in their stereotypical uh, women roles. empowerment. Yeah, yeah. But they were so ahead of the curb. Yeah. Like the way they they wrote for Lisa with her being this young woman who intelligent. Yeah. Who had a leadership. Yeah. She had a voice for um, equal rights in yeah. her own wo- in her own ways. Uh, question she was like an intellectual portrayed as an intellectual child so she questioned the natures of her reality and then homer too homer has some like we do not obey we do not disobey the laws of thermodynamics (laughs) in this house (laughs) right he has these moments where he'll just drop like knowledge bombs like fucking uh ernie um like homer's i think it was ernie homer's uh one of his friends he works in the power plant with right yeah do you remember like the there's um I think it's Ernie. The, the, I was going to say white guy. There's Carl and then his friend. Yeah. You remember? Got it. Fucking, he dropped like a nutrition science bomb on me and I was just shocked. Really? What? He just said something about saturated fat and it, like the evidence has not been substantiated, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, whoa, stop the fucking show. And you know what the thing is though? <laughs> that that was years ago. Like, yeah, 90s. Well, yeah, we're talking about now like... Where like oh everyone's getting into it now but bro oh, holy they've shit. been on it yeah they're on it man come on and son. I wish I un- like I wish I understood that when I was a kid like I look back now I'm like oh my god wow we wow we I tell ya oh man it's it's uh did you know that um there's a little intro do you wonder why all the characters look similar have you ever wondered that like some of the characters look similar I never knew why. But I'd, if you can en- enlighten me on this. Well, I can enlighten you. Wowee. 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 So. Okay, so you know Krusty the Clown, right? Yeah. Krusty the Clown was actually uh, originally. The original idea was that Krusty and Homer were going to be the same character. Okay? Yeah. Have you ever wondered, just stop and look how similar Krusty and Homer look. Do you have a photo of that? I do. Let me turn my laptop without destroying this podcast. Okay. So they, oh did, an, they did an episode together. This is it. They did an episode together where, where uh, Homer and Krusty were the same. They, they like, Homer became a clown, right? It's not clicking. You see that. I don't know if you see that. Oh, I see it. Right? I can definitely. That's yeah. Homer on the right. He's dressed up in his clown makeup. That's Krusty on the left. They both have the same beard. It's just different hair and different complexion and some makeup. Right? They were cast as the same character. Homer was originally going to be play Krusty the Clown. And he was going to live a double life. And so it was going to be this ironic thing where Bart saw his dad as a buffoon, a silly guy he'd always poke fun at. Yeah. But Bart looks up to Krusty. He idolizes him. And so the, the, the thing would be, the irony would be that throughout the show that Bart would look up to Krusty and, and um, look at Homer as an idiot. But they would play the same character. And so that was going to be how they were going to tell the story, which I thought, huh, that's it's quite, it's quite interesting. It's that's a bit, intelligent. Yeah, quite intellectual, right. But then they realized, well, it's going to be way too complex for us to uh, prolong throughout multiple seasons. So they scrapped the idea. Yeah. But originally, it's why the, I think that's why they look the same because that was the original idea. It makes sense. And that's it's amazing though, like that 
at one view from Bart's perspective, Homer is just a like you said, buffoon. A buffoon. <laughs> and then from like another, it. at Krusty's perspective, he idolizes yeah, him. Exactly. It's like th- there's there's um there's fascinating things in these television shows and movies that you don't realize until you look back. Yeah, definitely. Once you've grained some more brain cells. Do you know what that reminds me of? What's that? When you look at someone, it you you picture this. You, you think you know them all. You don't, you know. But then, really, do you understand their their perspective? Maybe they're this idol, but you don't know that. You don't know them in that sense. You know them as the buffoon that you see, and other people have different different layers to them that you might have not seen yet. And we we're quick to judge. Yeah. And I used to be very quick that until you. You kind of gave it to me. You said, you just said to me, you're like, we're very quick to judge, whether it be in terms of athletic development, like programs and stuff, or in terms of just people. But hold on a second. Let's understand people a bit more. Because they're not necessarily always the one way, the one thing. You don't always understand the different layers in people. Yeah. I mean, there's so many examples of people who get interpreted off face value, and like that's what we do, human beings. We judge off appearance. I think we do it evolutionary because for safety, to determine threats, for basic biological attraction. Like I think humans are biologically wired, genetically wired to to use appearance judgments uh, to procreate and for survival. However, now that we've evolved out of our chimp bodies and brains, chimp, some would say we can i don't even know exactly what i what i said to you back then but i agree with it <laughs> and <Good> on you, alex <laughs> and that's uh it's very easy to i think make complete judgments of someone like i think a guy like size polarizing as a as a christian woodford um or oh, some of the podcast guests i've had it's very easy to just judge off base first appearances and like what you hear but you don't we don't really understand the history those people have gone through that have crafted why and how they are exactly most people are suffering from something that we have no idea about yeah it's like maybe that's enough of a reason to be a little more understanding compassionate and empathetic and if only everyone could be like that like a bit more empathetic towards that because like i just said everyone's living their own life we don't know what someone else is doing you look at someone and maybe they're out having a good time you're like on a friday night and you know they're out with their friends or something you're like oh you know he's just messing around he's being a bit silly yeah but maybe throughout that whole week he's been putting in the work the hours you know i don't know you just don't know yeah maybe that's his outlet yeah that's his outlet everyone has different like you said your drug television tv shows i don't I don't, you know, I've seen no issue with that. I think that's fantastic. If you can find something that really opens your mind, but de-stresses you at the same time, you've done good. But you've got to earn it. You've got to earn it. And I used to go. Sure. <laughs> you've got to earn it, 100%. I, f- I will never let myself enjoy something like what- do something like that. Tell him, son. I will never let myself do something like that unless I've earned it. And that's what it's all about, goal setting. Yeah. You do it. And if you want that little tr- quick treat there, you look at you say, all right, tonight I get to watch this episode or something like that. Because you can feel guilty. You can. I know I have. Like, I've judged myself like, man, I don't fucking deserve this. 
I'm gonna keep fucking working. Exactly. And you get you get and like I think that's productive if all you care about is success and progress in your field. But then I learned that and I'm learning. I don't fucking care about being a millionaire. I, that's used that literally used to be like a thought process I had. I need to make seven figures so I can buy this thing, this nice thing, this nice thing. So then I can pull up when I can have my my reunion, my high school reunion, and I can stunt on these motherfuckers and show them that I'm successful. It came from an insecure place. Yeah. This used to be my way of thinking. And that's it. That's the insecure place there. That thought-provoking pattern. But really, um, fulfillment and satisfaction is what you know I deem as success. That's what I'm saying now. It's like when you see someone that's really actually had satisfaction and fulfillment. Yeah. Oh, mate, that's better than rocking up in a Ferrari. Tell them. That's it. That's, and that's what I've realized and I'm realizing. It's like, hold on. That, that shit is finite. That shit is superficial. Yeah. Uh, even our appearance. Like, you might look at the mirror and, and think you're an attractive human being. I try to detach myself more from that because I know it's finite. I know it's like I'm going to be a wrinkly old man one day. Well, I'm going to do everything possible to be healthy and not and to try and mitigate that but like I, I might lose an arm tomorrow like I can't it's so hard to not like I might get an accident in my half my fucking face I might be two-faced like like in Batman relying on you how you are right now yeah it's like if you get too attached to what you are it's when that gets taken away or shifted and something happens you are you are at the burden of the mercy of fucking the universe and like you you're, you're in a in a fucking tornado now yeah a really hard place to just come out of if you got so attached to that yeah. point but if you develop some form of satisfaction fulfillment through your life yeah that isn't something that you're attached to like you know oh my god i'm looking sexy today <laughs> thanks baby <laughs> thanks baby girl it <laughs> makes a big difference because the way you look at life you know yes you're gonna work hard for success you're gonna you know, you want this, you want these goals here. But even the people that are just content and maybe don't want that big, large success, as long as they're getting that satisfaction and fulfillment. It's okay. That's okay. I used to judge myself. I used to judge other people for that. And um, I think, though, when you have one lofty, huge goal, like pro sport, you want, you want to be one of the best, you want to be a time 100 top influential people, you, you have these, you want to be an astronaut, you have these huge goals. I, I believe those are situations where you need to go balls to wall every day, all day. You need to be super imbalanced for a period of time. Exactly. However, for the large majority who are, just, who are not looking to be at the top 1% to the top 1% of people, I think you can find your beauty of, of, of meaning and fulfillment uh, without, while having your own, uh, allowing yourself the non-judgment of doing things that don't get you close to the goal. Does that make sense? So it's like, well... It makes sense. Okay. But there's also one thing I want to say is yeah. enjoy being disciplined. It's something people can't handle because the work ethic, all right, everyone, everyone's out here saying, I want to be the best this, I want to be the best that. That's, you know, a lot of people have raised that way to just, you know, 
this society is, you know, I want to be the best. This, I want to be, but do they really understand the work ethic that it takes to get there? And even if they don't want to be the best, they want a specific goal. They need to understand. Everyone, look, I, I, I didn't understand this back in the day, but now I do. Everyone wants to be motivated, but you ain't always going to be motivated. You got to be disciplined. Because motivation, you put it, you know, you, you listen to this song or you come out of a seminar and you're like, yeah, baby, yeah, I'm flying, I'm, I'm enjoying myself. Next day, you ain't, you ain't gonna wanna do it. You gotta be disciplined. But you gotta enjoy that discipline. You gotta enjoy, and I understand that now, and I'm more disciplined because of that. I enjoy that I might not always be motivated, but I enjoy that I'm the one holding myself accountable and I'm putting in that hard work, I'm putting in that discipline because I know that's what's gonna get me to where I wanna be. I think, to go on top of that, motivation is fleeting motivation is temporary i used to look at like motivational videos like eric thomas and shit because yeah. i was looking for sparks same right but that taught me a good mental framework but at the same time it taught me to be reliant on outside external circumstances to trigger me at the end of the day when you're alone running those hills at the kokoda trail on a thousand steps you're only by yourself exactly you only got yourself i have to drive longer then I'm fucking running. So it wouldn't make doesn't make much sense, does it? I'm I'm takes me double, triple the amount of time to get there in travel time than it is to actually do the thing. What the fuck? Why are you doing that? It's a waste of time. No, that is what is needed to do what I need to do to be disciplined. Now you say you got to maybe for you you enjoy the discipline. I don't even think people need to enjoy discipline. I just think you need to be disciplined. That's true. You may not enjoy it. It doesn't matter because discipline is doing what sh- what you have to do when you're supposed to do it regardless of how you feel. That is true. I don't want to fucking lift and exercise every day. Yeah. It's hard, man. But I have to fucking do it. Exactly. Cuz if I don't, then internally I regress. I die. I I I I become a much less effective human being. And I think what I was trying to say is that Whew. you might not enjoy it in that moment, but yeah. enjoy that once you, you're making progress, you enjoy that you put yourself through that. You respect yourself, yeah. respect yourself, love yourself and be fulfilled with yourself that you've put, you've put in that work. You went on the days that you just sat there and you said, Fuck, I don't want to do this. But you did it anyway. You did it anyway. You won the day. You won the day. And that's the thing. You know what? I tell you now, there's so many days where I'm just like, God. Like, oh my. But I'm just like, let's win the day. Let's do it. Let's do something, man. Because when I mean enjoyment of that discipline, I mean afterwards you say, yeah. Because you know what? Once you get to that goal, there's another one. And that's that. every time you reach that pit, where that's every day you've ticked it off, you've enjoyed the discipline. So you might have not enjoyed it in that moment, but you enjoyed that. Ah, you, you reap the fruits of your disciplined labor. Exactly. You won't enjoy it in that moment. I tell you now, we know. Many people know. You might not enjoy it in that moment. You don't want to lift that day. You don't want to do this. But you, like you said, say that quote again. Reap. You reap the fruits of your disciplined labor. Exactly. You enjoy when you've hit that, and then you're going to go do it again. You're planting seeds. The seeds are the actions. The seeds are your discipline, Right then your fruit and vegetables grow. The garden grows. The garden is your character. It's who you're becoming, who you need to become. And then your rewards is when you harvest. You harvest the garden and you reap your rewards, whether it's feelings of satisfaction or fulfillment 
or it's improvement in, in, in its accolades or it's a better business or a better lifestyle or better relationships with people. I think that's, that's the equation for me. Definitely. And it's not just for training. People need to remember that. These beyond that. Way beyond that. People need to remember, we've got to look at this as a holistic thing. Our life connects, interrelates together. You know, the way we're feeling, depending on what determinant of health we're talking about, it always interrelates. Mm-hmm. So why not, you know, be disciplined and grow the fruit for all of them? Because mm. then they help each other. And then you can feed that to other people. Your discipline can help other people yeah. find their and grow their garden. And that's a beautiful thing when we can help each other. It is. Reaching a hand out to another. Hey, I've learned how to do this myself. I don't have all the answers, but maybe my garden can help your garden grow. There's a lot of weeds I see. It's going to be tough to grow that beautiful garden, but you've got to feed your mind and feed your body, and that garden will grow. 100%. Definitely. Wow. That I almost want to end it there, but there might be some more things you want to talk about or chat about. I mean... That, it is so true, but there's one thing that I want to say okay. is that Please. with this, it's no one is going to tell you or be able to convince you to change or be disciplined. It's you. Yeah. It's you. So I just wanted to add on to that. It, it's you. That's the last thing I want to say. It's you. You know, it doesn't matter if I try to expect you or I try to tell you this or you need to work like this or you need to be disciplined like this. You need to understand it's you. You're the one who control it and it's your choices. Choices is everything. I realize that. You know, Corona, make a choice to improve. You don't improvise. You ad- we all have a choice. We all have a choice to improvise and adapt and find a way to find the seed of opportunity in the adversity. Exactly. It's Napoleon Hill. That was beautiful. We all got to find it for ourselves. We got to. We got to. What's the alternative? The alternative is you don't. And you regress. Exactly. So, find it. Find it. Find yourself. Make the right choices. Or make choices yeah, and then just, learn. Just, make choices. Just go. Yeah, it doesn't mean... Just, just go. Just go. Just do it. Because yeah. that's the thing. People are too scared to make that choice. Make it. <sighs> learn. Oh my God, have I made mistakes, made stupid choices. Yeah. But you know what? We learn. We learn from it. And that's amazing. I love that. Because you go out there, you do it. Then you learn. You could come back better. I almost want to ask you, what's the biggest mistake you think you've made off that? It's a big question. It's a big, it might be a big mistake. <laughs> a big question. What is the biggest mistake? Is there something that stands out? I think there's a lot of just, rep- like, you know, little ones that you learn. You're just like, oh, you know, and then they just all build up together. You know, it's not, it's, maybe it's not just one choice. It's what ma- traits did those mistakes have? What traits. qualities do those mistakes have that would they were consistent with one another? Like maybe you didn't tell the truth. Maybe Being you weren't selfish. your best. Yeah. Being selfish, you know? I've I feel that. I've I feel like I've you know, I've had that before, you know. I've been yeah. selfish, I've thought about myself, I haven't been fully truthful and I haven't thought about others. I've been like that before. And you know what? I'm not gonna, gonna sit here and complain about it. I'm gonna say, yeah. I made choices that were bad. I've been, you know, I haven't done the right thing, but I'm glad that I've learned from it because it put me in a scenario where I wasn't happy. And then I, I thought about it and I, I said, you know what? 
I made those choices, I got to be accountable. That was me. Yeah. And I'm saying it right now. I'm accountable for it. I did that. Yeah. But you know what? I learned and that don't happen again. We just got to keep progressing because it's going to be like that. You ain't going to be the perfect human being and don't push yourself down like that. Yes, you will sometimes experience the consequences, but be okay with that because that's part of the learning. You got to make peace with the consequences of your decisions. Exactly. Where are we? <laughs> Chris Kranis, is there anything you want to talk about, chat about before we close this? I think we smashed it. Just, just remember, time never stops. Time never stops. So just keep going. Just keep living. Wowee. Wowee, my man. Where can people find you, man? They want Coached, to learn more about you. Coach Kranis on Instagram. I'm always able to talk to people 100%. Uh, that's got my email on there, my number. So you can contact me either way you want. I don't even care if you give me a, an, a call. I'm always happy. I'm always contacting. Might just get some calls straight up for some strangers. Uh-oh. <laughs> nah, definitely. Co- message me there fa- uh, from Facebook, just Chris DeCranis. Please, talk to me if you need. I'm always here. Good man. Thank you, Chris. I'm glad we did this, man. I'm so glad. I was looking forward to it for so long. Let's do this again before you leave. Hey, I'm accountable. By then, we're going to come back different people. We're not doing the podcast, okay? No, we're not doing it. Done. Done.